Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Sorry I'm battling a winter cold here in Winterpeg, Manifreza. Uh It is uh, freezing here in Winnipeg. I uh, just played, I was sick, I've been sick the last few days, I think I caught whatever's going around, so, uh, fuck me, uh, but nonetheless, caught whatever's going around, so I'm taking my turn battling it, and I become such a fucking baby when I get sick, I'm not gonna try and hide that, I, I just become the worst, uh, but nonetheless, still made it out to Spongy last night, so, uh, I give myself right there, we won both our games, uh, by identical scores, actually, I think we won both games 7-3, to three. Um, it was cold last night. Like it was frigid. Actually, it was the the problem is when you play in temperatures that cold, is that ability to possibly injure yourself just because of the temperatures. Uh, especially, you know, as a goalie, uh, the team I was playing on is actually quite good. Um, very, very good. Actually, not just quite good, very, very good. And uh, so it limits my kind of workload a little bit, but uh, in turn, it uh, when you're just standing there in the cold, it's very easy to stiffen up. Uh, so I tried to stretch as much as I could, uh, trying to stay uh, uh, kind of agile and what and whatnot during the game. But it was cold, and there was a couple of moments there. There was one particular sequence where uh, I just had felt my groins and hips kind of lock up when I went down for a save, uh, which ultimately led to the first goal, which was a very weak goal, just went right through me. And it was uh, basically, I just couldn't push over uh, to get there. And uh, so that's the danger sometimes in playing, especially as the goalie, uh, in these uh, frigid temperatures, is that you are um, a little uh, more susceptible to injury. But nonetheless, got through it, uh, stuffed up today, uh, throat just feels gross and nasty. Uh, but everything seems to be uh, moving in terms of uh, the phlegm and mucus. So I just wanted to share that with all of you. Uh, but yes, yeah, so a little under the weather, but we're going to podcast anyway. So I do thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, uh, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Uh, let's get into it. This past weekend, UFC, I think it was 246. Uh, the return of the one and only Conor McGregor, the notorious uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, it was funny. They did introduce him uh, during the fight as the one, the only, uh, or the one and only, maybe. I think. Was, yeah, I think it was the one and only, uh, the notorious Conor McGregor. Uh, what was different and nice um, for Conor as opposed to in previous fights, which was nice to see is, and I've talked about this. I forget if I, if I had actually published this episode or not, but I've talked about, you know, the whole Conor McGregor effect on mixed martial arts and in the UFC and what he's done for the sport. And what Conor's done with this fight is the important thing. And I had said, what we need for Conor McGregor is the chance to love Conor McGregor again. We need a chance to fall back in love with just, what he brings to the table and how great he really is. And in this fight, he was not, you know, he was truly him and Cowboy showed nothing but respect to each other before the fight, during the fight, and even after the fight, there was a great, um, embrace, 
uh, between both fighters. And as well as um, Donald Cerrone's grandmother went over and talked to Conor McGregor. And the respect shown there was quite nice to see. I mean, from a guy, Conor, who in turn has set his own place in mixed martial arts and combat sports history. Uh, he's been that next mover in terms of taking the sport to a new level. And it'll take some, I, I don't know that there is a, I don't know what the next level actually looks like after, I shouldn't say I don't know that there is a next level, but it's, uh, what he's done is truly amazing, truly spectacular. He's changed um, fighters' lives. Like you legitimately, um, fighters owe their paychecks uh, to the Conor McGregor effect. So rather than that cocky, brash, you know, flogging his whiskey, showing up late, to you had a Conor McGregor that showed up um, with something to prove. And he had talked about this and how the story had been told many times before of, you know, great athletes who have the fall from grace. And it was the story of what was and what could have been and the fall from uh, their peak becomes uh, bigger than their actual peak. And, I mean, yes, yeah, he lost the fight to Mayweather, then he comes back, and then he loses the fight to Khabib, and uh, pretty badly to Khabib, and didn't look like the Conor McGregor that could beat Khabib. It, um, he was flat, just got outworked, it just wasn't the best Conor McGregor we've absolutely ever seen. With that being said, the problem there becomes Conor McGregor showed up and it was a bit of a wake-up call to the rest of that UFC roster of, hey, I'm back. And I want you guys to remember that I can whoop ass at a wholesale rate. Just want to remind you guys that I am the true baddest motherfucker there is in the UFC. And as you said, first guy, and it's true, first person to have knockout victories at three different weight classes. And I remember him going into a fight one. I think it was uh, the Alvarez fight maybe. Or maybe it was the second DS fight. He says, I'm the busiest fighter at all weight classes. And I fight at all weight classes. And I mean, it's hard to take this away. As he said, right now the reason why he should, You know, Cowboy deserves his spot in the Hall of Fame. And he will get there. Cowboy Cerrone fights at a wholesale rate. That guy, I, I think I saw him one time fight on 10-day turnaround. Fought once, showed up, and fought 10 days later or set or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. And it wasn't like he was fighting bums either. Like, he was fighting, he always fights the who's who top of the divisions. Whatever division he's fighting at. So credit to Cowboy Cerrone as well. Took this fight. I had been saying and predicting that when, when and if Conor McGregor comes back the fight that makes the most sense is donald cowboy cerrone cerrone showed up i mean it just goes to show cerrone's no bum you know cerrone is no bum and cerrone showed up and got his ass whooped like that's just a testament in my opinion to how good conor mcgregor is and that conor Building on that Conor McGregor, focused, wanting to regain his spot on the top and then ride out of the sunset on his terms? Fuck yes. As long as you can compete, as long as you can be at the top of your game and the game, why should you step away? And I think that's what Conor wanted to remind people of is, I'm not done. 
I fucked up a bit there. And I was fucking around. But I'm not fucking done. I'm going to whoop some fucking ass. I'm going to come back. And I'm just going to go ahead and remind you guys. Why I've done what I've done. Why I have changed many of your lives. Why I do have the whiskey. Why I do have the clothing. Why I do make a hundred million dollars for a boxing fight. Why I am the big money fight. Period. Boxing, mixed martial arts, it doesn't matter anymore. Conor McGregor, especially coming back with such a clean victory, showed, boom, baby, I am the big money fight. You sign up to fight me, and as he said, it's red panty night. You know, and uh, it's a celebration. It really is, especially now. Conor McGregor had everything to lose with this fight. Absolutely everything to lose in this fight. And instead, here we go. He comes out, puts all the pressure on himself, and then here it is. Delivers. I love that. I love that. I look at that and, you know, and that's that's what I talk about when I say a winning fucking attitude. I do it all the time when I go down and play poker, when I'm playing whatever type of event it is or whatever. I put all that. I say, yes, I am going to do this. I'm going to go there and show them that I belong. And I go out there and I play and I compete at my best. I know for me in my endeavors, when I'm at my best, yes, I can defeat anybody. I know when I'm playing hockey now, and as I said this, I told my buddy Nick this when we started this season or last summer at the one-day ball hockey tournament. I said, I just need to get back in the rhythm of it, find my comfort level again, because I know that once I find, I'm better than this. I'm better than everybody here. I know if I'm in net, I'm, I'm winning games. We're winning games. And I've looked my team in the eye, and I've told them. There have been games where it's close to the end of the game. I'm like, we got this. And even some games where it's a high-scoring game, I know that that's just it. Nothing is getting by me anymore. Last night, there was a great example. We were down, I think, 3-1 to one or 3-2. to Yeah, I think it was 3-1 to one going into the second half. So, Spongy, you play halves and uh, because it's so fucking cold outside. But you play halves, and we were down 3-1. to one, And I told the team, I said, I'm sorry for those goals, guys, um, but I got this. I think we're going to, I'm going down to the warmer end here. Uh, let me just stretch out. I said, I got this. And I wasn't called upon to steal the game. By no means was this a, oh man, Sonny stole that victory. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But I did exactly what I said I was going to do and and did exactly what I needed to do, which was to go out there, win that game, not make mistakes, and just play sound, solid, smart goaltending. That's all they needed. They didn't need me to steal the game. They just needed me to not lose it. And that's what I did. And sometimes that's the difference, right? Sometimes that's all it takes. It's not necessarily about winning. It's about not losing the game. And this was a classic example of not losing. So we uh, did that. And uh, yeah, it was good. So we won those games. And yes, Conor McGregor's back. So let's talk about this now. And I mean, the, the event had some uh, other... I mean, uh, we saw Anthony Pettis lose. 
I don't know where we go next with a guy like Anthony Pettis. I think I'd predict on another podcast that um, 2020 could be the last year we see Anthony Pettis competing at this level. I think Anthony Pettis, he's done, he's got some other endeavors outside of fighting. And, and, it, and don't get me wrong. I don't hate Anthony Pettis. This isn't a knock on Pettis. But... I mean, why not enjoy your life now? You've made some good money. You've put that money into some businesses that are going to keep making you money. Enjoy your life. Go, you know, help train, help coach that next generation of fighter. It it just, to me, seems to make a little more sense. I think if I was to make a prediction there about uh, one Anthony Pettis, I would uh, comfortably predict that we've seen that 2020 is going to be the last year we see Anthony Pettis uh, competing in the UFC. Uh, and again, it just, it, you have to know sometimes it's, and it's not a knock necessarily on your skill set. I think Anthony Pettis has a first rate skill set. I think truly Anthony Pettis can go in there and whoop ass still at a continued high level. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the skill set anymore. I'm just saying I don't think he needs to use it anymore. I think there are other things Anthony Pettis could be doing to make money, to uh, support his lifestyle, support his family, and um, and probably enjoy more than having people punch at him and try to hurt him. And uh, so when you think about it from that perspective, I think, yes, there's a lot more to be gained Uh, If you're Anthony Pettis from maybe possibly stepping away. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with one Anthony Pettis. Um, But nonetheless, uh, the biggest story of that evening is Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's back and there's a lot of talk and now a whole plethora of options. He talked about going into this fight, how he had been offered. There is talks about him fighting Manny Pacquiao. There is talks about a Floyd Mayweather rematch. All of these things now, boy, do they present well. And it's interesting because the ball is now in Connor's court. He could go and take another UFC fight. I think he'd said he wants to fight three or four times in 2020 in the UFC. If he goes in there and has another UFC fight and wins, his stock goes up exponentially yet again, especially when you consider... Um, one of those boxing fights against Pacquiao or Mayweather. Like those are that's another hundred million dollar night. He in his next fight is setting up another hundred million dollar payday. And that's not just the the business as that is what he gets for fighting. He's setting up another one of those, if not an even bigger payday. So it'll be interesting. If I I was just watching an interview clip with his coach, um, I think Pat Kavanaugh, I think is his, co- his name. Um, Mike Kavanaugh, I'm not sure. Anyway, Coach Kavanaugh uh, was saying that they he feels if he was to pick an opponent and pick Connor's next opponent, he really likes the Justin Gaethje fight. And I'm not opposed to that fight. And his reasoning was pretty sound. He said the following. The Gaethje fight he picks because it's another 155 fight it's another 155 fight in which both fighters benefit from not having to cut as much weight and he brings up a valid point there why not give these guys okay there's always that excuse of oh well the weight cut i had a bad weight cut this weight cut that guy these guys are natural 155ers no different than cerrone cerrone's a 155er we can say whatever we want 
Donald Cowboy Cerrone is a 155 UFC fighter. But now putting them at 170 gives them that benefit of not having to cut as much weight. So you're getting them in a little bit better maybe shape. Their strength might be a little bit higher. Whatever it is, you're seeing a very different uh, side to them at the 170. It's not like he's fighting true welterweights. As he said to the Vision, is that 155 belt? I think we've seen the end of Connor's days at 145. Uh, I don't know that Connor has enough. I don't know that he has anything to prove at 145. He cleaned that division out, and for him to go back to 145, I think is a is a huge step back. I think he would. The only way I saw see him going back to 145, honestly, would have been with a loss to um, Cerrone, and then in that case, the only fight making sense would have maybe been a rematch with Jose Aldo, which in that case, I still see at 155. Um, so I think at that point, we would have seen the, the Conor McGregor rematch tour. You would have seen maybe a fight with Poirier. You would have seen a fight with Aldo. Those would have been the fights if he lost to Cerrone or he rides off into the sunset. But with this win now, he's back to calling his shots. He's back on top, especially to win it the way he did. Not going for some kind of decision, oh, well, we got the win. No, 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 no. I whooped ass is what he's saying. And, I mean, the guy's a family man now. He's got two kids. He's got this business that he's growing. And, I mean, he's probably making a shit ton off of that business. And to be perfectly honest, I like proper 12 whiskey. I drank proper 12 whiskey. I very much like it. Very smooth. Great flavor. True Irish whiskey. It is a good it's a good choice. Uh, my buddy Nick said it's probably his favorite whiskey right now. And I'd agree with that. I could see I could see that from many a people. If you're looking to get into those sipping whiskeys, it's a great place to start. A fucking fabulous place to start. So when you think of, when you when you look at it from that perspective, Conor McGregor is riding high right now. And uh, the Gaethje fight is a fight that makes sense. Let this Ferguson-Khabib thing play out the way it's going to play out. All right? This is a fight that has been, like, almost doomed and cursed in terms of how many times they've tried to make it happen and it just not work. So when you think about it from that perspective, uh, this is a fight, and I'm sorry for having the sniffles here, uh, but uh, with uh, Conor McGregor, it's true. They, um... You need to do the fights that make sense and let things kind of play out the way they need to play out. If you could have him go in there, fight Gaethje, beat Gaethje, all of a sudden now, well, you let that that picture clear up, that very murky picture between Ferguson and uh, Khabib clean up. Maybe Ferguson takes out Khabib. Maybe there is no Khabib rematch. Maybe he beats Gaethje in devastating fashion, then he says, fuck it. I'm taking $125, $150 million payday and fighting Pacquiao. Maybe I've got $200 million paydays this year. Maybe I'm fighting both Pacquiao and fucking Floyd. And then come back and say, all right, Khabib, let's do this. He's said in interviews going into this fight, he sees a boxing belt in his future. And right now, I'd be hard-pressed to say he doesn't have one. I Conor McGregor right now is looking like a man that is going to call his shots. He is going to point, declare, and do. And this is what we needed from Conor McGregor. This is what we needed to see 
out of Conor McGregor. I think the future looks bright for Conor McGregor. I think it's an exciting year having McGregor back full-time. I think it's exciting for McGregor. I think it's exciting for the UFC. I think it's exciting for boxing. And most importantly, I think it's exciting as hell for the fans. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there for now. Uh, I'm going to go blow my nose after this episode. Uh, but nonetheless, I thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. If you haven't already, check out my last two episodes. I did a hockey talk one, which I'm actually, it's funny enough, I'm going to have to do a follow-up to that episode because so much happened over the the weekend um, after, well, not even just after, on the weekend, but after recording that episode that has actually changed a couple of things. So it's kind of funny now how things play out. And I kind of alluded to a prediction in that hockey one. So go listen to that hockey one. Uh, one of my next episodes is going to be a follow-up to the things talked about in that episode. Um, also, I talked about the WSOP value events. I did a small episode on that. I wanted to get that out there before the weekend, um, but I published it, I think, yesterday. Check that one out. Um, the WSOP has released their value event schedule. So those are all their events at $1,000 or less. Um, I talk about that. Uh, I talk about how they've changed some of the structures um, and what they've done now. So uh, check that out. Um, but nonetheless, I thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Please go and check out those other ones. Make sure you subscribe, Apple Podcasts or whatever, or wherever you find uh, this podcast. Um, I know there's other services out there to get podcasts, but uh, please subscribe. I thank you all so much again for tuning into this episode and the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Take care and bye-bye for now.